What do we see? This is the persistent question Jesus is dealing with in Luke's Gospel. He has just chided the people gathering around him for being able to tell when it will rain, when the sun is about rise in the morning, or a strong wind from the south means a heat spell, but not being able to see what was happening right in front of them in the present moment. Indeed, Jesus has been talking about this blindness and about the weakness of those who cannot discern the present evidence of God's rule since he preached his sermon on the plain. But Jesus is not alone in this chiding of God's people. God calls Jeremiah to be a prophet because God wants people to hear about how they have been conned and duped by the kings, the priests, and the false prophets who shout peace. Peace, when there is no peace and the priests who have failed to teach the people God's way of living and leading the people to be united to God. Instead, the priests have taught the people to practice meaningless rituals, while they maintain the status quo of the elites on top and people serving the elites as though they were still slaves in Pharaoh's kingdom. Jeremiah is calling the people to change the direction of their lives and to make the decision to live united to God in God's covenant of ten commands each day of their lives, rather than to keep trusting those who are leading them away from God. The psalmist in Psalm 71 sings the praise that celebrates God's presence while proclaiming trust in God as only a person can do who always knows now and in every circumstance that her life belongs to God and her future depends upon God. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews tells those listening to this letter read in worship to change the direction of their lives live a transformed existence. The letter writer is calling them to decide to be united with God through Christ. Yet, this transformed existence can only happen in the presence of a transforming power available to those called to such a transformed existence. This power, as the writer of Hebrew asserts, is in Jesus the Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. The mediator of God's love. Jesus is teaching in a local synagogue on the Sabbath for the last time as this story opens. A woman who has been crippled to weakness for 18 years enters the place of worship, the place where the story of liberation, healing to wholeness, and God's love is told and retold to every generation, so that each generation participating in the story may praise and express gratitude to God. This woman is nameless, which makes her invisible to her first-century village. She has no name, no status, and no connection to this community. We have no idea what has crippled her. What has pressed down upon her with such persistence that it has sapped her strength, made her fragile, liable to yield to collapse or break under pressure or strain? What has kept her crippled, nameless, and invisible? What cripples anyone to weakness? Abuse or mistreatment done daily with such ferocity that one bends and bends just hoping it will stop or by bending one hopes to escape some of the crippling blows. It doesn't have to be physical abuse because emotional abuse is just as crippling, just as strength sapping. I know because I am a survivor of both and of a poverty that can be just as crippling. Maybe, it is an addiction. Addictions whether of drugs, alcohol, gambling, overeating, compulsive shopping, or nail-biting, judging others or gossiping can all make us fragile and likely to break under the weight of our demons leading us to what addicts us, what makes us fragile as well as our shame and guilt. Then, there is the wilderness of oppression, poverty, violence, bigotry, a narrow perspective about what is happening in our community state or world that also cripples us with a weakness that may leave us unable to cope, unable to live in hope or able find the way out of the wilderness. In addition, every time we alter our behavior to accommodate our addiction or whatever cripples us with weakness, it can seem like there is no way out, there is no way of getting away from it because it envelops you, surrounds you and overwhelms you like Louisiana floodwaters or a California wildfire raging out of control. So, after trying to stand up to it, to fight back against it only to fail repeatedly, it is easy to bend under its weight, to accept it and, worse, to embrace it as who you are and let others define you by what cripples you to weakness. You see, this unnamed woman, who is bent over by the weight of all that has crippled her isn't just some woman, she is like way too many women, 
way too many children, way too many men whose vision of the world never reaches beyond the fragility and the breaking point of what cripples them and what keeps them crippled by a community status quo and those who seek to keep the rules rigidly in place. People like the leader of the synagogue who challenges Jesus' healing on the Sabbath as breaking the Sabbath rules because such healing is considered work and work is not to be done on the day of rest, recreation, and refreshment. Maintaining the Sabbath rules that are piled on the people year after year have become in the first century and, even like the 21st century interpretation by some Christians, a means of social control and oppression. The questions we might want to ask are what does the rigid keeping of rules accomplish and who benefits by the rule keeping? These are, of course, variations of the questions we might want to ask about solving the problems of poverty, income inequality, violence, and immigration. What are the rules maintaining the status quo of poverty, income inequality, violence, and immigration and who is benefiting by not solving these problems? The answers just might reside in Jesus' acts to heal the woman and instruct the people in the synagogue. First, remember Jesus takes the initiative to heal the woman. She doesn't come seeking something from Him, she simply comes to worship God. By this healing act, Jesus not only lifts off the weight of the crippling weakness, but He brings her fully back into the community. She can now be seen as the person she is, and she can now fully participate in the life of the community. Jesus teaches that the woman is a daughter of Abraham, so shouldn't she be treated better than they would treat an animal? If an animal were bound, wouldn't they unbind it and bring it to water, don't they feed and care for their animals on the Sabbath, if an ox were found in a ditch on the Sabbath wouldn't they rescue it, wouldn't they free the ox? So, why wouldn't they set free a human being from whatever is keeping her or unbound, enslaved, or diminished? Didn't God do that for them when they were enslaved in Egypt? Isn't that what is celebrated on the Sabbath? Aren't we celebrating God's kingdom where no one is weighed down with burdens so heavy they bend one over, no one is left fragile, no one is left vulnerable to crippling weaknesses, but are strengthened, are set free from all the ways humans are oppressed, addicted, traumatized, and betrayed by one another? After all, humanity was not created for the keeping of Sabbath rules, instead Sabbath was a gift to humanity from God. The gift of liberation from the preoccupation of 24-7-365 tasks completion. The gift of liberation from all that enslaves us. The gift of liberation to be restored, to live a transformed existence of active holiness where we celebrate everything God has done for us and will do for us by seeing God's presence and the evidence of God's rule in the present moments of our lives even as we live united to God and God's rule that lifts people out of their present situation into a new transformed life where they fully participate in the life of the community and are seen as a talented human person who has a name, who makes a contribution to the community and who is the very image of God in our midst. Just like all of us. Isn't this what Jesus calls us to see when He breaks the rules and heals a woman on the Sabbath? Isn't Jesus calling us to embrace God's rule of love as the only rule we need to keep?